0: featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Exciting news. The ESL Empowered, Secure and Loved eight-week relationship coaching program is officially reopened for application. This eight-week program fills up really quickly every time we open the doors. So you are going to want to apply ASAP. This program is for you if you're ready to get off the dating roller coaster for good. And if you need those internal shifts that allow you to embody a securely attached woman so you can effortlessly attract that relationship that you want. It also is for you if you need the tools for attracting and maintaining that healthy relationship. The program is designed, obviously, to help you bring in that partner that you can build a long-term, intentional, healthy relationship with. And even more importantly, it is about healing that relationship with your self. This is that internal transformation that is needed when you're ready to step into the relationship that you deserve and to step into the next level of your life. I am personally inviting you to apply if you know that you're ready for help in this area of your life. You can't do it alone. You've tried everything and you are absolutely ready to do the internal work to get the change that you need so you can stop the pain and the heartache in your life and maybe go back into summer, go back into dating, feeling empowered, secure. And loved and ready to attract that relationship that you're so deserving of. If that's you and you're like, okay, Dr. Morgan, I hear you. I know I need this. I am going to take ownership of this area of my life. Enough is enough. I know I deserve what I deserve and I'm going to take action. If that's you, I encourage you to go to my Instagram bio, use the link there. It's apply now. So apply for the program there, or there will also be a link in the show notes. Make sure you don't wait. Apply now to reserve your spot in the program.
1: Hello there. I'm very excited to uh, do this episode with Dr. Morgan Anderson. Dr. Anderson, nice
0: to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm so excited. I'm a big fan of your show. So it's an honor to be here with you today.
1: Likewise. And I like your show and I know the focus is on attachment and relationship. And I, I, when I heard it, I was like, Oh, I, I, we must have her on our show. So I'm glad that (laughs) we're doing this.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Knowing how much attachment style and sexual functioning, how much that's connected in a relationship. I'm so glad we're doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's start talking about what's attachment. Can you tell us more about attachment styles and for, for people who haven't heard about it? Uh, what do we mean when you say that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, attachment theory is developed by psychologists, you know, there's John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth and um, many of you in psych One Hundred and One may have remembered learning about that, but it's essentially the study of how our attachment bonds from early on, from the moment that we're born, um, how those attachment bonds to our caregivers can impact our relationship functioning throughout our lives and kind of create what I like to call a relationship blueprint. Um, Your early experiences help you form that blueprint. And that can either be harmful to you, or helpful, right? And um, having an understanding of your attachment style is just incredibly empowering in your relationships. And personally, I think everyone should understand their attachment style. Yeah, you know, it's
1: interesting. At the time, I talk about it with my clients, and they they think. It's coming from when they do these things in dating. They think it's coming from who, from the place of who they are, but when we're talking about it, at times we are reenacting our childhood attachment style. At, at times, you know, we're attracted to people because of those ruptures and wounds from our childhood.
0: Absolutely, that's a really good point of just acknowledging that your attachment style isn't necessarily who you are, but it's a way of being that you learned it's coping and behaviors that you learned in relationships and you carry that with you. And yeah, a lot of us are unconsciously repeating those childhood patterns in our adult relationships. Um, You know, I'm, I'm sure you and I could talk about this forever, but repetition, compulsion, that idea that, we are repeating these patterns as adults with the unconscious wish that we would have a different outcome in our adult relationship. So really important to understand attachment theory so that you can use it to your advantage.
1: Absolutely. And I was talking to one of my clients a uh, few weeks ago, and he was telling me that as soon as, the, and this person is intelligent, very smart. He was sharing with me, as soon as the partner withdraws, that's the time that I really want them. <laughs> and I hear that a lot. Yes.
0: Yes. There's a whole piece, I think, too, of um, understanding that withdrawer-pursuer dynamic and you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but if we have anxious attachment and we have that belief of love is unavailable to me, you could be in a room with a hundred securely attached, healthy partners, and you will pick the one person who is avoidantly attached because that belief system is strong, right? That love is unavailable and I have to work hard for love. So yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. And you know what's interesting that at times people say like they uh, kind of like confuse it with sexual spark. They say exactly what you nice. say that in the entire room. I find a person that's gonna do this to me, and that's the person I have a, a, a sexual spark with. And uh, as we are unfolding, processing these things with people, we realize that it's coming from their attachment. So you talked about, kind of brought up the concept of atta- uh, anxious attachment style. So th- for our listeners that they're not familiar with different groups of uh, kind of like types of attachment, can you tell us more about those?
0: Yeah. So there's four main attachment styles. And I always like people to know that this is on a spectrum. So I like to think of it as percentages. So maybe you fall into one category 75% of the time um, instead of putting yourself in just one box. So be open to allowing these different styles to, to fit you at the same time. Um, so that's my little caveat, <laughs> so but yeah, there's four main styles, and we have, as I mentioned, anxious attachment, we have avoidant attachment, disorganized, and securely attached. I can do just a short definition for each one, so, yeah, anxious attachment is this idea of. I'm preoccupied with my partner. Um, I feel anxious. I feel unable to relax and love. And this is the person who, you know, they don't get a text back and then they're sending 17 text messages and they're, (laughs) they're catastrophizing and saying, oh my gosh, the relationship's over. Right. And um, generally needing a lot of reassurance and generally attracted to emotionally unavailable partners.
1: I love that, that you brought that up. And you know, what's interesting that at times I see people, uh, and I I love that you brought up that like it's different uh, kind of percentage. And when we talk about this thing, there's just so many different factors contributing to our sexuality, our personality and attachment style is part of it. So you can be a securely attached person, but because there's something else going on that then you are struggling sexually But one thing that was coming up for me as you were talking about that i remind I got reminded of clients that they have that uh they are they have anxious attachment style, and at times they use sex as a way of making sure that they're keeping the partner engaged uh, and they at times confuse that with desire. so what do you think about that?
0: Oh my gosh, we could talk so much about that <laughs> and in the coaching that I do, um, with women, it's something that comes up a lot. And oftentimes what will happen is if you're attracted to emotionally unavailable folks, they have a hard time talking about their emotions. So sex becomes much more easily, um, accessible and it becomes the easy tool to use to create connection. So they're relying on sex to create an emotional connection instead of having the safe emotional connection and then um, building a sexual connection. So it becomes relied on and it can become painful to clients when they think they're building this strong emotional connection through sex. And maybe it's not feeling that way to their partner.
1: Absolutely. And, and at times when we are kind of like clients that they have like more secure attachment style and they they have higher desire for them, uh, they feel more fulfilled sexually when they are engaging in these sexual behaviors. Yeah. But when you have an anxious attachment style, uh, it, it's a kind of recurrent challenge that you have that you want to kind of make sure yeah, that, that you're engaged, but you don't experience that satisfaction long-term.
0: I think and this is something we could we could do a whole other episode on this, I'm realizing, but it really becomes this thing of the need for sex. It's not, it, it comes from a place of I need to be validated that our relationship is secure. So let's have this sexual connection. So I feel secure instead of I want to connect with you more deeply. Let's deepen our relationship. So it, it ends up putting this strain on the sexual experience and it's harder to enjoy the sexual experience um, and at the same time you feel like you constantly need it so it can be a very painful way to approach intimacy
1: love that you, that you highlighted that uh, because good sex often is about focusing on ourselves like the, the desire yeah. coming from within and getting our needs met But when we're doing it as a way, kind of consciously or unconsciously, as a tool to attract our partner, then we're missing on that element of uh, kind of focusing on our needs and what we want out of this situation. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So tell us about other style. I I got so excited about it. Anxious. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps I'm anxious. Anxious, anxiously attached. (laughs) That's why I got distracted.
0: Oh my gosh. I love this topic so much. It's so fun to talk to you about this. Um, so yeah, the next one we could talk about would be avoidantly attached. And I want to highlight that at the core of anxiously attached folks and avoidantly attached folks, there is the fear of being abandoned. And here's the thing is (laughs) Avoidantly attached folks sometimes get a bad reputation of oh they don't want connection or you know they're just aloof but really at the core for them is I'm worried I won't be able to meet the person's needs I will let the person down so I don't want to fail so let me just be distant and be independent so I wanted to make that caveat of of it's it's some of the same core fears but they have different ways of navigating it Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So avoidant attack, this is where there's a real struggle with intimacy. And what can happen is sometimes this is the person you go on the date with, and it's a great date, and you feel super connected, you have a great time, and then you don't hear from them for 10 days. You're like, what oh, happened? No. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was you were close, there was this great intimacy, and then the fear came up for the avoidantly attached person. So, so they struggle with closeness and intimacy um, because one of the fears also is that they don't know how they're going to hold on to their independence while also being connected in a relationship.
1: Such an important point. And you know, with avoidant, that's, that's one, something that's interesting is uh, that at times I hear from my clients that when they get into a committed relationship, uh, that's, that's when sex becomes challenging for them. They, Mm -hmm. they don't want to, they can't connect with the partner. They tell me that they love sexual experiences that are more casual. The, the connection is not there. And at times for any reason that they get into the committed relationship, they feel trapped and the attraction disappear.
0: Yes, this is fascinating, right? Because I think what we can realize in that is there's there's the fear of intimacy and deepening a relationship even further. So if you're committed, there's this potential of, wow, we could be building this long-term partnership together, a very close relationship. So it puts some of that fear of, oh my gosh, I don't know that I can do this. I might let this person down. And then it can even come into sexual performance issues too of, am I letting this person down? Am I not good enough for them sexually?
1: Absolutely. And you know, one, one other thing that at times I see that these these uh category of people at times are more comfortable uh kind of getting their needs met through uh watching porn and masturbating mm-hmm. that feels comfortable my listeners they know i don't have anything against uh porn but uh, it's for them it's a way of like avoiding the intimacy of being with another person mm-hmm. and uh, as you mentioned when you're with another human it can be messy and vulnerable and that's yeah. when the uh, kind of the challenges sexual challenges show up for them
0: Exactly. Yeah. They feel more comfortable kind of taking ownership over getting their needs met. And this idea that they would rely on somebody else to meet their needs is really terrifying.
1: Right, and feeling yeah. that uh, if if I truly open up then that person might not want me or at times they are dismissive of the relationship kind of like thinking about I'm not a relationship person, uh therefore they're not committing, but as you mentioned deep inside they have that craving but they're just scared of uh opening up and uh, kind of getting rejected. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, tell us about disorganized type. I know that's a type we don't hear much about.
0: Yeah. Disorganized attachment really is, I think one of the more painful attachment styles and it's really to really meet full criteria for it. You, It's only about like 5% of the population, but you're really going between feeling anxiously attached and avoidantly attached, and using anxious attachment strategies and avoidant attachment strategies. So, can feel really confusing to you when you're in that place, and also confusing to your partner. And this can look like really needing a ton of reassurance one day, and then the next day saying, Oh, my gosh! I'm going to Tahiti for three months, have a good life. you know um i'm I'm using an extreme example, but it's the need for extreme closeness and then pulling away and having uh, extreme independence too. And obviously, it can be on a spectrum, so maybe it's less extreme. But the idea is you're going between really wanting connection and really wanting independence, and it can feel quite jarring as you're going between those styles.
1: And, you know, as I'm hearing, we talk about this, I get reminded that how many times we personalize things, right? Like you say, the person going to uh, tidy, we're thinking, oh God, what did I do? What did I do in the bedroom that turned them off? Not knowing that they are hooked on the challenges that they have and they're struggling with yeah. their own attachment wound and it has nothing to do with you or what you did in the bedroom.
0: Yes, that's a very good point. That's one of the beautiful things about attachment theory. It gives us a window into how we show up in relationships. And it also empowers us to understand our partners. And that exactly what you said, it helps us not personalize it and not take it personally.
1: So let's go to the good news. Tell us about the secure (laughs) (laughs) attachment.
0: So secure attachment is where we all want to be. And I am of the belief that we can always move towards secure attachment. We can really do the work to move move ourselves towards secure attachment. Um, And there are people who would disagree with me on that, but I myself have moved towards being more securely attached and I've helped many women do it. So I believe that it's possible. Um, This is where you realize that my needs are valid and my partner's needs are valid i can have connection with my partner and i have connection with myself i'm not losing myself in relationships and i'm also allowing for that close connection it's that you know ability to show up as your authentic self in a relationship and create a lasting safe Connection where your you know emotions needs wants desires all of that is heard and honored. I could go on and on, right? It's like it's this beautiful definition of what we all want. <laughs> this picture perfect
1: of a healthy person. Yeah. And- and I agree with you that that's something that we can work, uh, move for, move toward. And I can imagine, I can talk about myself that I think in different relationships, we can uh, kind of move in different spectrum. So I think it's important yes. to work on ourselves and also uh, as a couple or uh, whatever uh, configuration of a relationship we have.
0: Absolutely. I always speak with the women that I coach and I I let them know that you as the individual can move towards secure attachment. And in any relationship you're in, you can work to co-create a secure attachment as a couple. Even if you have someone who is anxiously attached and avoidantly attached, and they're coming together, that couple, if they want to, they can intentionally work towards creating secure attachment.
1: Absolutely, and I think in our sexual life, attachment styles, they can play a huge role because being intimate with someone, it's so vulnerable and at times our partner want to explore different things and that can trigger all of, of the pain that we have if we're not securely attached we mm-hmm. might think what am i doing that triggers this in my partner or we're kind of thinking about perhaps they're not interested in us so we're withdrawing so i think it's it's really important to pay attention to our internal reactions as you mentioned
0: it's so it's so connected your, yeah, the attachment, uh, connection that you have in the relationship and how you're able to enjoy and explore in your sex life. I know it's this idea of when we have that safe, secure connection and there's emotional safety and we can be ourselves and we can be vulnerable. That creates a foundation for a healthy sex life That. Hey, you can explore together. You can talk about what you want. You can set boundaries. You, you think about communication and sex and that's so connected as well. And um, I think emotionally safe sex is amazing sex.
1: Absolutely. And I think it, it requires uh, courage
0: to introduce
1: our sexual self to our partner, because this yes. is part, perhaps part of our, like hidden part of ourselves that we haven't showed to many people. And uh, if you have a tiny fear of rejection, that can get amplified when you want to talk about something that you want in bed. And perhaps in your mind, you're thinking, oh God, I'm a freak, or I'm so un- abnormal that I want this. And if you have that secure attachment and trust, as you mentioned, that can help us to have these conversations and Advocate for what we
0: want. Exactly. And this idea that, hey, when you've done the work to really accept yourself, because that's a big part in you showing up securely attached, you're familiar with what you want and you've accepted it. Um, And then coming into a partnership where you can show up and be yourself and have somebody who listens. And it's not always that you agree or that you're on the same page. But the beauty of secure attachment is you can navigate whatever comes up in a healthy way.
1: Absolutely. And you know, what's interesting is that one of the uh, huge barrier for people in the relationship and even in a kind of sexual route is a sense of jealousy. That mm-hmm. this kind of like the way that we get activated when our partner is having some interaction with someone, it comes in a spectrum. And at times they, that also is connected to our attachment style. So I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that.
0: I love that question. And it's so, so very true. And um, really whether you are anxiously attached or avoidantly attached or even securely attached, those can come up. Uh, but the idea of how can you know that your partner values you and values the connection and that if you are feeling jealous or you are feeling triggered in some way, you can ask for the reassurance that you need so that you can come back to that securely attached place as quickly as possible. Right. Whereas if I'm anxiously attached, maybe I become jealous and then I thought I start thought spiraling and pretty soon I'm creating all these worst case scenarios and I'm pulling away from you or I'm, you know, getting really activated. Um, But to be able to have the tools to move back to a securely attached place as quickly as possible, then it just becomes a little bit of a wave of jealousy instead of a tidal wave that's, you know, kind of wrecking through the relationship. So...
1: Yes. And you know, what's interesting when it comes to jealousy, it's a normal human experience, right? And it's a matter of how you're navigating it. And at times I see people kind of have those protest behavior that you were talking about, that they get activated and they start bombarding their partner with messages and this kind of like fights and these scenes and they get angry and that's not connecting. And that creates a rupture, versus kind of acknowledging yeah. what you're feeling and talking about it with your partner. I think that can be more connecting. And it's interesting how, uh, if it's it's coming from us, from attachment style, perhaps we can look into our previous relationship and it can be a, a kind of repeated pattern.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I love what you're talking about of, you know, protest behavior and just knowing how, I think many of us can have memories. We go, oh yeah, I I remember that kind of spiral, right? And um it's it's not fun to go through that. <laughs> it's really painful. So the acknowledgement of hey, if I notice it's happening, I can intentionally decide to self-soothe. And I teach my clients to do this of move yourself towards secure attachment as much as you can. And then come to your partner and talk with them about, hey, what do I need to feel that way in the relationship again?
1: I talk about it in my uh, show that I, growing up, I had more of an avoidant attachment side and through therapy and through my work, I learned to correct that. And I had this interesting experience that uh, when I got married, like I was doing my postdoc somewhere else and my husband was in LA and I saw that there was this party. This woman was uh, kind of like flirting with my fiance then. And I was thinking, okay, like automatically, I guess this marriage didn't work out. (laughs) <laughs> and I was wow, ready <laughs> yes. to go to an Uber and kind of leave. And it, it, that, that's how it shows up. And then through my therapy, I was like, oh, wait, what's happening here? And I was able to kind of acknowledge it and talk about it with my husband. And But it's interesting. It's almost the logic shows up so automatic, right? Unless yeah. we develop this other voice, uh, it's easy to get hooked on that.
0: So true. That's such a good example and really speaks to, you know, our attachment systems. If we think about it, they're really survival systems. So they can kind of seem like fight or flight mode where they just kick in. And that's why it's so important to develop that awareness and develop the third way of responding, right? You know, not fight or flight and learn how to respond from a place of logical mind and reality and looking at the facts and moving into your securely attached self and then being able to show up to your partner and have the conversation and share how you feel and create that secure attachment together. And when you think about it, if you have fear in the relationship and then you're able to move towards security together as a couple, That really strengthens the connection, so it's a beautiful opportunity to get to do that when those feelings arise. Yes,
1: and to me, the way it shows up is like I'm a big fan of therapy, so I'm a. I'm, I'm a psychologist and I've been in therapy like most of my adult life. I like it that much. <laughs> and I, love I think, it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the way it shows up is that the old voices, they still show up, but I developed this other type of voice that is competing with that. And I, I observe my old self kind of talking about, Oh God, I guess this didn't work out. Let's get out of here. But I ha- yes. now I have another part of me that uh, is a kind of voice of logic and that encouraged me to do things that are more coming from the place of secure attachment.
0: I love that point. And, you know, obviously as a psychologist myself and also a huge fan of therapy and yes, I have a psychologist. I think you need one if you are a psychologist. Anyways, that's a whole <laughs> other topic, but um, I love what you're saying and it really points to... We never reach a place of perfection. This is a lifelong commitment. Um, And there's going to be days where you didn't sleep well, where you spilled coffee on yourself. You have a huge deadline at work. And maybe the old voice, your old way of being feels a little bit louder on those days. And that is okay. You have to be able to recognize it and then just have so much compassion and, and get through that and know that that doesn't define you. It doesn't mean, oh my gosh, I'm becoming my old self. It's just old patterns coming up and you can intentionally move towards your more healed way of being.
1: Absolutely. And, I, and on that note, I know you have a course and you have a podcast for people in my show. So please tell us more about that.
0: Yeah. So the podcast is called Let's Get Vulnerable and it's two episodes every week and a lot about attachment theory and communication and navigating dating and relationships. So would love to have you listen Um, available everywhere. Podcasts are aired. And then, yeah, I developed the ESL relationship program. It stands for empowered, secure, and loved because that's how I want all of us to feel in relationships. And it's an eight week program for women to help them move towards secure attachment and also heal the relationship with themselves so they can show up and have great relationships. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Dr. Morgan coaching. So if you want to learn more about the program, you can find it there.
1: Awesome. So the information about that will be in the show note. It was lovely to have you on the show and I'm, I'm excited about
0: our conversation and, uh, thank you again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I love what you're doing. We need more people like you. So keep up the good work. And I can't wait to listen back to this episode. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you.